0: And welcome back to the Finns Nation UK podcast, where we're here to talk all things marmot dolphins from across the pond. I'm as ever your host Andy Davis, and this week we're doing a different episode to normal. We are doing our awards special. So as you will know, dolphin season is dead, as it is the case for all but two of the teams in the whole league. So we're here to give our awards for Dolphins Pacific players, and with me, I've got a first time guest on the podcast. We are some reason, we have getting the nickname on the, on the group chat, the Chuckle Brothers, um, and I, can't, lo- I would love to insert right now the theme tune to the thong, but I don't think copyright reasons would allow <laughs> me to play that music, but I'm here with Gareth Mellon for his first appearance on the show. Gareth, how are you?
1: Thank you very well. Um, thank you very much. Sorry, Andy, and I'm very well. <laughs> for me to you, Andy.
0: <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> um, of course, we are actually going to be meeting up, in, in in a week, exactly a week's time, I think our table booking is literally from a time of recording a week and a half an hour away. Um, so we'll be meeting up with Howell as well and potentially Jamie Kyle as well for a Cardiff watch along of the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. Um, looking forward to that. That should be good to, um, to meet up with you again, Gareth, and the rest. And having a good, hopefully, a good, a good watch along. Yeah, it should be interesting. We'll, we'll see how it goes, Andy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It should be an interesting game, and I'm sure... I don't don't really feel the same as me. I think I'm sitting on the Niners, uh, purely because I don't want the same team winning twice in a row. Uh, Who do you want to win on Sunday, next week? Um, To be fair, I haven't actually got a preference.
1: As long as it's a good game Mm. and not a blowout. I know a lot of people, when you read on NFL UK, will say... Obviously, two good teams. It won't be a blower. They obviously haven't watched many Super Bowls then, obviously. As long as it's a good game, I don't mind. In one sense, it would be nice to see the 49ers win it for a change. In another sense, they've already won plenty and they past anyway. But then again, do you really want another team dominating? I, I don't know. This is probably the most dominating team I remember since, I would have said, the early 90s Cowboys. Personally, I thought were slightly better than the early 2000 Patriots if you look at the manner of the wins in the Super Bowls and the team in
0: general, I think they're probably the best team I've seen since the early 90s Cowboys, in my opinion. Interesting, interesting. Um, I will say the Chiefs didn't win a Super Bowl by a field goal when I thought the Patriots did, but um, I think certainly, um, I think talent-wise, they're probably as good as the Patriots and coaching it's as good. It's just whether it lasts long-term, I don't know. When Andy Reid probably retires in a few years, Kelsey's going to retire as well so who knows but I think you know I think you know if they do win they'll only be um one Super Bowl for Niners if they win so um they've got a chance to I think it'll be their fourth Super Bowl if they win it they could already be you know in the top I think you've got also the Patriots and the Steelers the Cowboys will be on five and I think then the Chiefs will be on four with a few other teams so yeah should be a good game um but Gareth, as you are a first timer on the podcast, we had to ask you the same question we ask all of our new guests. Um, you would have been following the NFL when you first got into it. Had a pick of thirty-two teams. What made you pick the Dolphins?
1: Number of reasons, Andy. A, a number of reasons. First and foremost, the most prevalent player in your well, let's early to mid-nineties, early nineties really, um, would have been Dan Marino. You would have always see clips of him on Channel Four. Highlights. I didn't really know what was going on, the truth, you know. Some could argue I still don't know what's going on, but still. Anyway, I digress. Uh, We'd we'll, we'll probably been Dan Marino, it we'll would always be on Channel 4 Highlights. My wasn't really the first appeal, watching it with my dad. I would only been about seven or eight, around that age. Um, then we went to the, um, what's it called, the old NFL shop in Milton Keynes was, if, if I remember correctly, I believe that was the only place you can buy NFL gear from. Still very niche in those, in those days. My brother picked up a Joe Montana 49ers top and I picked up a Dan Marino top and yeah, that was it. I've been cursed ever since, Andy, but here we go. <laughs> hey oh, <laughs> yeah, You can't if, the Niners, okay. then
0: if you've gone down your brother's route of going for Montana, you could be sitting here, or not on this podcast, but you'd be certainly sitting at your home uh, in Wales, looking forward to a Super Bowl appearance next Sunday. Instead, you know, no Super Bowl, no playoff win since 2000. So, um, yeah. It and no, again, it's not it's not always nice being a fan of the best team, I think. Obviously, should things go away one day, no one can accuse us of being glory hunters. No one can accuse us of that, because I've certainly never seen a playoff win. A lot of fans in my era will be the same thing, and I think, you know, you can't sit here and say, you know, you're a cheese fan or a Patriots fan or anything like that, because, you know, you can't have that on your accused of you being a Glory fan so I think I think yeah I think we're it's a lot of the lows but I think we'll walk we'll out of award one day when, when the team when the team finally gets that gets that Lombardi trophy Um, speaking of awards speaking of trophies uh, we are doing our awards and the categories are as followed we're giving our MVP uh, for the season for the Dolphins uh, player of the season game of the season most underappreciated player of 2023 and most disappointing player of 2023 so May as will start with probably the easiest one to pick, team MVP. I'm going for Tyree Kill. I think that it's very hard to say otherwise. I mean, I think Moses is the only one I can really probably have a say. Um, I think he's the one that could maybe, you with know, over 20 touchdowns total, uh, I think it was 21 in total, 18 rushing. Uh, but I think Tyree Kill, for me, I think he was... Yeah, I, think he, I don't think he'll win it, but he's certainly an MVP um, candidate. I think ultimately, I think CMC or Lamar Jackson will... Beat him to that award, but I think you look at his stats. He was, if he played every game, he probably would have beat the 2000 receiver mark in total. Just getting his stats up now. Um, this season, he had 1,799 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns. So I think for me, he was the glue that held it all together. And I think you saw in that Titans game when he went off, um, what happened when we didn't have him. And I know the, the drops in recent weeks could almost. I think ultimately probably affected his MVP chances, but I think in terms of the team itself, I think he was our, our best player on offence and I think that was probably the best part of our team throughout the whole of the season, week by week, pound for pound. So I'm giving it to Tyree Kill. Gareth, who are you giving your team MVP award to?
1: I'm in agreement, Andy. I think it has to be Tyree Kill. My reasoning is slightly different, but on the same track of thoughts, at least anyway. I believe it's Tyree Kill, not only because I believe, out of all the players on the roster, I believe he's the best at his position league-wise. If you're going to rank every player at the position 1 to 64, some positions have two starters, he's more than likely number one. You could make an argument and say, Ramsey, a few years ago, maybe, mm. not now, a few years ago, still top five, see? I'm not saying but Hill is a legitimate chance of being top one or two. Uh, X, he's probably 15, 25, I guess, you know, they haven't really given that much thought. But I also would say, Tyreek Hill, not for two reasons, really. One of them, being the impact on the team. I do believe that when I say the impact on the team, I mean, I believe he's a big conference booster for Tua. Not just on the field, but back now up in the media, which I think, well, of that goes really, really, really unnoticed because he holds so much Clout, should we say, within the media circles. I think that does a lot for Tua's confidence. I must admit, and obviously his production is second to none, isn't it? You know, before previously he was a big, big play sort of um, receiver, but now he's a big play receiver. Plus, he's also how can I put it, Part for Brent, but the plays really, isn't he? Really, nearly every play. First, first glance, where's Hill? You know, I, I think without him, I think we would be, we would be struggling. That being said. I would agree with you i think if we're going to rank his one to three i think number two probably would have been Tua for me probably because mm. i think if he wasn't in the team the team probably doesn't win as many games so it automatically puts him in the top three and it's hard to say against um most of just poorly for the number of touchdowns he scored isn't it obviously we could list a few defensive players but i wouldn't go there andy um yeah so my my number one, my MVP, uh, I'm in agreement. It is Tyreek Hill for the, his impact on, on the team and his
0: production. Well, those listening, it's um, taken, albeit, what, 10 minutes to mention to his name. And amazingly, so far, a very positive review of two. I think um, maybe that's not always been the case for me and you on our group chats. We've be both been maybe a bit critical to it this season. But um, I do think you're right. I think without him, goodness knows. And I, I do think most of it will probably be my next more than two just because... I think when we have neglected the run game or he's not been around, we have looked bad as well. So yeah, for me, Most deserves a lot of credit and I hope he can carry on, but I think he's got a history of injuries, not this year, but I hope he can he can carry on next year. I think him along with A chain have been very good this year. Um and I think these two are gonna be I think you and most retired. I think A chain's gonna take over, but I think these two are gonna be you know, big parts of the offence. I think they need to be bigger parts of the offence, I think, moving forward going into next year. Um Now, for play of the season, I'm going to give you the reins first, Gareth. I've got a feeling we both may have the same one, but maybe not. So I'm going to go to you first Um for your play of the season.
1: Okay. My play of the season was not just for the play itself, but for the shockness factor as well. Would have been eight chains, long touchdown run against the New York Giants, given that the game was 7 nothing in our favour. I wasn't quite expecting it from A-Chain. And to pull off what can only be described as a Madden-type run. <laughs> but yeah, very, very exciting and very, very pleasing. And I may add, I think that might have been the best rookie play I've seen since the rebuild. Stand fast some of the plays that Jalen Waddle would have made in his rookie year. So that's why I'm giving him extra props.
0: Okay. And Now, I was surprised. I thought you would going for something else. Um, I do actually remember watching that run with Phil Cooling uh, from Fins Nation. We just bumped into each other, him and Donna, in a bar in London after one of the Tottenham games. And yeah, we watched that play together. So if you are listening, Phil, that was a good memory of mine this season. Um, I'm going for a different one. and The one I thought you were going to go for was the Black Friday game against the Jets. The Javon Holland um, Hell Mary return for a touchdown. I mean... You mentioned shockless factor of that. Um, I think that it's you know that is I've never seen the play in the whole league which has been been like that. I've seen I've seen mary you been. Know, Do I think of Aaron Rodgers against the Lions? I've seen Hail Marys be scored by by offenses. I've seen pick sixes, loads of times, interceptions, but I've never seen Hail Mary first of all picked off. But I've never seen I've never seen the Hail Mary return for a touchdown ever in my in my life. Not even on Madden. No, even not even I played a lot of Madden back in the day, um, particularly in lockdown, and I never once saw that scored against me, or I'd never done that. We see that in a game, and it just that was something I've never seen, and it was, um, yeah, I would love to be at that watch party for that, but it it, it was just a special, special play, and I think that it was a time of the season where I think a lot of us believed that that was going to be our, our year. I think there's other games you could look at, but I think it was that sort of era where we were winning games, um, beating up really bad teams. I think I think now's my moment where I thought we could actually, you know, we could actually go far and have it actually win the AFC East, which obviously you know, never happened. But I think overall, um that was for me one of the out for me, I think more than more than anything else. Um now, game of the season. Now I Thing for me is only really one I can think of that really takes it for me. I think it's the Cowboys win on on Christmas Eve that got us into the playoffs. I think that for someone that you know only really the once before seen us make the playoffs before the start of last season to then make back to back playoffs. I think for me, last season was almost you know we we basically really struggled at the final hurdle. We lost lost five games in a row. And then we won the last game and it was an awful game. And we sort of limped into the playoffs, whereas to get it done in oh. I believe it was week fifteen or at least there was a few games left. I think it was the third to last game of the season uh to make the playoffs oh. that early and obviously being christmas going into the it was going into the early hours of Christmas day watching it with my family as well uh had it on my iPad, we were watching love And then when saw sort of the game was come towards the end, my brother and my dad put it on, and we were watching it as as a four as a foursome in the house all four of us it was um. That was a real nice memory for me. And I think that again yeah, to make the playoffs with such ease, which something I've not really experienced ever really. Even in the year with uh Jay Jai and Adam Gates, it was down to a very late run of the season that got us there. So I think to beat the Cowboys, finally beat a winning team, um, to do it around Christmas time for me, stand out was probably my game of the season. But Gareth, judging by your facial expression, you've gone for a different game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot obvious, Andy. No. <laughs>
0: I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you're wrong because that's your, your
1: opinions, your feelings, and I get why you'd be so excited. But for me personally, watching the Cowboys game, a lot of people wouldn't like this because it's not positive and you're a fanfare. It's just my, my just my opinion, my feeling. I was doing the Cowboys game. I couldn't, I couldn't help but to feel concerned. The fact we beat a team, which was great. We beat a team at home, a good team at home, which was fantastic. The fact we scored one touchdown mm. and, a, and, a, and a bucket full of field goals, I, Maybe concerned and, and it was right, people could say it's wrong. It weren't. It was actually spot on the money because mm, the next three weeks the offense eh, stalled for whatever reason. Probably offensive line, probably. Bit of the scheme as well being found out. Bit of people's nerves getting into him. Probably a mixture of all three. How much? I don't know. But that for me was concerning. Now but like I said, it was it was a good win. Can't can't deny that. But for me, game of the season would be for Broncos, Broncos win. Just everything seemed to go right, didn't it? Everything seemed to go wrong. Even even the UDFA, Brooks, he, he pulled off a big, massive run at one stage and everything just just went right. I've never seen anything like it. 70 points. It was like, it was like a cricket score at one stage. <laughs> admittedly, admittedly, that comes with a big caveat. Because long longer picture, I was looking at him and maybe he raised expectations unrealistically. And yeah, maybe that was a bad thing. Really, in the grand scheme of things, but at a particular moment in time, I would say the Broncos game because I think that's one game I'm probably always going to remember.
0: Do you know what? It is I actually forgot about that game, and that probably is even more reason why it shouldn't be my, my inclusion because I think if it was that memorable for me, I would have obviously put it in. And obviously, I, I get it, it was amazing at the time, and you know, I've never seen you know, that's the highest. My my whole life, I've never seen that many points scored by a single team in any game. I think before that it was maybe Rams Chiefs. And obviously since then, I think the Chargers Raiders was sixty odd points by the by the Raiders. But um for me, yeah, that one I actually forgot about. But I think even if I did remember it, I probably wouldn't have put it in just because I think everything you're saying, it raised expectations. It gave us maybe false hope, or false dawn. But again, at the same time, I've never been that comfortable watching a game of my life. I've never watch the Dolphins game. Normally it involves a little bit of stress or a little bit of, oh, well, I was expecting to lose. Certainly in the early days, I might being a fan. Um, and that was certainly, I've never been that comfortable ever. The Jets game actually was probably similar. The one with the Holland um, return touchdown. Um, I've never been that comfortable this season watching games, I think. I'd probably say if I had a top 10 list of top 10 most comfortable games watching a Dolphin, watching the Dolphins, I think at least seven of them come from this season whether it's the Washington game, whether it's the Raiders game, both Jets games, Broncos game, one of the Patriots ones, uh, one at Miami. I think it's been, for that alone, this season has been great. And I think this season has been, I think, certainly the best in my lifetime. One to remember for all of us. And I think certainly um, one more back on. Slight tinge of what if, but I think even if we had won the AFC East, would we have beaten Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the playoffs? Probably not. Would we have beaten the Bills in that in that wildcard game? Probably not. And Ravens we could off, but equally they got a great defence. So I think overall, you know, we probably would have won Gone far anyway, but I think at the same time, to do what we've done, we've got some memorable wins, memorable plays, and I think that's something that we always we always, always will have to look back on.
1: It's interesting, Andy, isn't it? Because I look back at the season. Yeah, it was a great season, not disputing that for one second. It's interesting when you think we only actually won one more regular season game than we did in two thousand and twenty with a lot worse roster mm. and a rookie quarterback and a journeyman at best as in fits. Hmm, in- interesting, Isn't it? And you think
0: Well I've, I don't know, I'm I've probably been, mad, isn't it? I've probably been I've been Floyd's as biggest as backer I think, um, pretty much since he joined us. I, I, I've I have i have always I've been, ever since he joined the team, I've been a big fan of him. And I, and I will say that I would love to have seen Flores with Jaden Ramsey, with Bradley Chubb, with Tyreek. He had War for one year, but I would love to see him with Mostert. I'd love to see him with AJ. And I, I'm fully aware that he was, it was getting, I think, from what I sound like, what I've heard, getting quite toxic in, in the front office and all that. And, you know, and I, I do think that, you know, I still argue that maybe he was right about, you know, wanting Jordan Love over to, him, but at the same time, Jordan Love had time to develop behind Rodgers, where I think if he'd gone to Miami, he'd have been put in straight away, and maybe it'd have been the same thing Tua had. And so I think Tua would have been the same thing Jordan have had if he'd gone to the Packers. So for me, I think that this, I, I've definitely, you know, I've got no complaints about Daniel being hired and him being fired oh. in a way, because I think on the one hand, you know, there was a lot of toxicity, negativity. The way he treated Tua was, was quite frankly not on. Um, but at the same time, the defence has never been the same. The defence at times this year was good, but I think that defence we had under Flores was really, really good. And you think about, yeah, as you say, to win 10 games, uh, you know, with your best receiver being Devontae Parker, uh, well, technically Mike Kosicki, but, you know, in terms of wide receivers, he was the best and he had one good year as a Dolphin. Um, so for me, yeah, I think I would love to see him, even if, you know, I don't think it happened because I think that he wouldn't have wanted that, but if he's, he's a our DC this year... We probably would have won 16 games. I, I, he was, but I think, yeah. No, no quarantine because Daniel's done it what always hadn't. Playoffs done it back back years as well. Um just just seeing now on my screen, Dolphins the Dolphins mascot making an appearance on the Pro Bowl. Uh what a game that is. 47-48. Um, I'm not seeing too much yet in this. I know you played earlier. Um, but we digress anyway, moving on to our final two categories, which are our most underappreciated and most disappointing players of 2023. Gareth, do you want to do negative or positive first? Which one do you want to do first? Can I, can I quickly just finish off something from the last point, please, Andy? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, yeah. I'm personally, I'm personally happy with McDaniel, I, and I don't think we should move on from. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that for a split second. But what, what, and I do agree. I think Flores had to go to, given what was going on in the back row. But a point of concern for for me was when he benched Fitz, and he didn't even tell his offensive coordinator. I think. What is going on there? That was that should have been red flags. And another sort of so semi-red flag for me, we blame Flores for having three OCs in three seasons. McDaniel's got three defensive coordinators mm. in three seasons. Nice please. Let's be balanced. Let's not let our opinions of people affect our judgment of their performance, Andy. Easily said and done, but we've got to try not to have a Unconscious bias. Sorry, Andy. Ali, is it for me on on the topic? No. I promise. Underappreciated.
0: Right. Right, here we go. So underappreciated. To go for underappreciated. Okay, go for, go for that one first.
1: Right. I, I've got a joint. Underappreciated,
0: Ooh, Andy. So do joint. I. I have one too. So I'm intrigued
1: what you go for here. Okay. Bear in mind, we haven't seen each other's answers either. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I've got Zach Sealer. Mm-hmm. I've won, and i got Deshaun Elliott, the other.
0: Oh, OK, I've got one of the two, but not the other. So, yeah, My
1: I've... reasoning being is this. Uh, Zach Sealer, a lot of production, loads of production, but he doesn't get much love off of a fan base like Wilkins because he doesn't run up and down the sidelines or quite make as many plays as the edge players. But he makes a lot of lot, of, lot of splash plays for a defensive title. And my second uh, underappreciated player was Elliott due to his carpet, Compared to his production, compared to how bad we looked when he wasn't playing the games he didn't play, we looked horrendous. That proves how important of a player he was to me, at least. Anyway, I
0: think. I, I think he was one of the I think probably I think the free agency probably our best addition. Um, I thought he yeah, was value really, for money and we ended the radar again. No one talked about him, uh, but I think I think you're right. Um, I thought he was brilliant. Um. I did go for Cedar as one of my joint winners, uh, but my other one is uh, a guy that I'd say, from a Dolphins' point of view, was not underappreciated. I think we all knew his talent, but I think from a league-wide point of view, no one's really talking about him. Uh, I'm going for Andrew Van Ginkel as the other guy. I think that he made some great plays when, like, Sir Jane Fitz went down injured, he came in. I think originally he was he was released and then brought back in, I, I believe, and he's come back in and. I thought he had some really big plays. I think he was playing some really good stuff um, down the stretch. And I think that, again, his injury was, was just as impactful, I think, as, as Chubbs and Phillips. And I think he was for a guy that you know we ourselves didn't think much of to get rid of him and bring him back and then bring him back. I thought to do what he's done, um, I think, again, we Dolphins fans love him. And I think he gets a lot of love from us. But I think from a league-wide point of view, I don't think he has as got the much as much appreciation as maybe others do. I think Zach Cedar again, spot on, same my I picked him. And I think also he had more sacks than some Pro Bowl players, and I, he didn't even didn't get a nod. So for me, Zach Cedar, yeah, what a guy. And I think even last year, he made a really big play in the Bills wildcard game that almost won us that game. So yeah, Zach Cedar, a lot of love for me, and I, I'm hoping that both him Van Ginkle will be playing with Walkins next year. So we've got not long left in recording, but quickly before we go, our most disappointing player of the season. Now, for me, there was not really too much I could think of, but the only one I could think of really was with Robbie Chosen. Um, I think that, again, came into the league, not really, um, you know, we all knew his latter, latter stage of his career, you know, he'd be bounced bounce from team to team, but to have six targets and four receptions all year long, only 126 yards, just one touchdown, um, I think he was pretty bad. I mean, Chase Claypool was one as well. I uh, look at our record before and after he came and the Bears have the same thing. Um, you gotta look at his impact on the locker room, probably not great. Um, I think apart from that, maybe you could look maybe I thought more maybe I thought would get more out of Dim Smythe to replace the Kaziki. maybe I would see more there. But I think for me it's the standards, Craycraft and uh Chase Claypool just missing out. But for you, Gareth, who
1: is your most disappointing player of twenty twenty three? All right, my ones are totally different on this particular topic, Andy, and, I, and I've got caveats because I've got my five. My <laughs> starting at number one, the biggest disappointment for, for me. I'll be quick, and we're time constraint. Tyndall, second year, second year pro. We were down as our starter, and he still couldn't even get on the field. Our defense was struggling at times couldn't get on the field. Second and I understand your rookie year nearly every player gets a gets a pass. That's why Cam Smith's not involved in this. The only reason why mind you might do. Before we give it give him a pass. Tyndall, no excuse. Second year pro now. If he's just as bad next year, he's probably a bastard but you've got to give players three years. But for the, the writing's not on the wall but the paint to paint in is most definitely open for Tyndall, I think uh, Andy Do you think second course, most disappointed we, player. God oh,
0: sorry but- Sorry to interrupt you there. Just I know you got picked like in third round, 122nd, second, 102nd second overall. Do you think anyone past the first round can be seen as the bust? Because my opinion is bust means someone that is, goes against expectations. But if they're already in third round or second round or fourth round or fifth round, to so the non-special teams players, do you think then you could say they're still a bust? I think personally if they're not the if they're not if they're not in the first round, if they're not a kicker or a punter, Personally, I think that you can probably avoid the best label. I think for me, I think best only goes for first rounders. In my opinion, I could be wrong and someone could correct me on that. But I think that as someone who's a third round, people probably aren't expecting much anyway. And certainly if you could go fourth, fifth round, sixth round. I don't think anyone can be called a best purely for me because I think that no one really thought much of, of Pindall in terms of going into the league. He wasn't seen as like this guy's going to change the defence. So I think maybe slightly harsh, but I can also see where you're going from because. Second year, not even making appearance or not many appearances. It is a concern because I was really high on him going into the season.
1: Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Andy. I think first first a rookie, like I said, I always give him benefit. Would, yeah, up to first, you would obviously expect a big impact. Second and third, at least rotation by where he is. Mid-rounds, obviously, expectation was further down, you know, naturally. But I didn't even see him make plays on special teams, to be fair. About. But to really touch on my other sort of most disappointing players would be Ogba. Considering his cap hit mm. and what he did on the field, he didn't do that. Ever in his contract year, and he really stood out. I mm, don't know, I don't know if it's coincidence or suspicion, I don't know. But after he's been paid, his play has tailed off
0: his production. He, he, he will not be the first to do that. Um, a lot oh, later. no, certainly not. So, I remember Mike Davis for the Panthers, had a great year, contract year, done nothing since. And same with um most for example was um miles Sanders, awesome for the Eagles last year. I think one touchdown all year for the Panthers, he was pretty garbage. So yeah, I think we see a lot of that the NFL, sadly.
1: And last few really quick, I thought Code Armstead. Yeah, I know he's been injured a lot, but I think when when he when he played, I didn't see a massive difference in play between him and Lam per, personally. Considering how much he gets paid, don't know. He went from being a you know a roster sort of cornerstone player to, to being a very good good player. I don't know if the offensive line was impacted more by losing him or losing Connor Williams. But that's a different topic for a different day. To really touch on the other some of the others really quickly, same as yourself, Claypool, massive disappointment. Easy, easy. What, two seasons he's had five touches of the ball. People say he got potential out from what five touches in two years is horrendous, regardless of a wall in front of him. Five touches, two he averages two and a half touches a season. Man, I, I don't see how people see the potential in there at all. Anyway, I hope I'm wrong and I do hope I'm proven wrong. Matt, I doubt there. And my last two really quick ones, and I think one of them is due to injuries. and Unfortunately, I don't think he'll ever be the same player. Is Nick neither before he was a. Stable player, not an outstanding player, but not a dreadful player. He was a, do you, do you know what I mean? It's an like, standard player, might have given up some plays, but not all the time, which every defensive back gives up some plays, regardless of who they are. I think the injury affected him. And the last final one, this comes as a shock to some people. For who I thought, I can't pronounce his name, probably my strong accent. But yeah, I think he proven to be a li- liability on the boundary, which was a bit of a disappointment. Tight, decent in, in, in a slot. Steady on
0: the boundary. I would rather not,
1: to be fair. just it, I actually... Ready.
0: The connection cut out there. We actually missed which player you're talking about.
1: Oh, for... Um, how do you pronounce his name? The UDFA, cornerback, second-year player, Kahoo. I can't pronounce it's his
0: name, Yeah,
1: OK, OK. Um, Absolute liability on the boundary, decent in the slot.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree. I think slot-wise, he's great. on On the nickel and all that, I think he's great. But I've seen him a couple of years now get Burning coverage against against receivers, so I, th- I think for his story he's great, but I don't think yeah I think he's pretty bad on man to man coverage. Um, but that is where we'll end the podcast for today. Um, so once again, thank you to Gareth for coming on for this episode and making your debut on the show.
1: My pleasure, Mister Davis. My pleasure.
0: Awesome, I'm looking forward to meeting you up with you on um, next weekend for Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, for those listening at home, hope you all enjoyed the season. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you will enjoy Super Bowl 58 next Sunday. Uh, once again, thank you to Wayne Collard for the podcast graphic, to Jez Granger for the podcast theme tune, and we'll see you guys for our next series of the show whenever that will be. In the meantime, things out.